0: in your dealings. You need to have a reputation where people don't need a contract with you.
1: First. And now for Be your brand and other business keys. Hey.
0: Hey. Hey. <laughs> Happy Sabbath day. I am Nathaniel Bronner Jr. I am founder and president of TheWoman.com. TheWoman.com is the power of Mother Nature to help you fight the ravages of Father time. So, we make natural products that are sold in over 10,000 health food stores all across the country. We're the largest black nutraceutical company in America. And I want to talk with you a little bit today about a few things. My whole message has changed when I got here. You know, I had one thing to talk about, but just getting in the feel of the spirit here and seeing the youth. God is a dynamic God. And and what you may have planned, God has something entirely different. I've been a pastor for 28 years, co pastor for five, senior pastor for 23. And I've never been on salary, I've never gotten paid, I don't take up a love offering. I'm a (laughs) businessman. And there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says a workman is worth his hire. So as a matter of fact, most pastors are not paid enough from the church. But it has been a blessing and a privilege for me that my income comes from business. So it allows me not just to not take a salary or any income from the church. It allows me to be the largest giver in the church. So it makes a... It makes a difference when God is with you and when you are with God. I'm not a seven-day Adventist, but I honor the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, at my company, I tell my employees, I said, Look, you can work on Saturday, but you ain't going to work here. So at sundown on Friday, 30 minutes prior to sundown on Friday... Everyone has to be out of the building, and they can come back after sundown on Saturday, but from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. As a matter of fact, recently, it was only recently, even our website shopping cart shut down, and I had to reopen it because we went to a more sophisticated system, and they couldn't program, they'd never heard it. What do you mean, shut down a, a shopping cart? It just couldn't be done. They just never heard of any company that wanted to shut down a shopping cart during a Sabbath observance. But there's a blessing that comes with doing what God tells you to do. And I want to just kind of, first of all, talk with you just from what is on your shirt. You have four things that are on your shirt. My father was a man of balance and he said, son, people get stuff all out of balance in business. They focus so much on money, they lose all of the other stuff in life. And let me get real. He said, in church. They sometimes so heavenly focus, they know earthly good. <laughs> so he said, son, you need a balance in life. So just on the four things that you have on your shirt, money, love, happiness and strength. I talk with my children about those four things. I use a little bit different categories, but they're fundamentally the same thing. You basically have spirit, which is happiness. And if your spirit is not right, you know, when you look at the top 10 pharmaceuticals right now, generally about 3 of the top 10 medicines for the last 50 years have been antidepressants folks just said if you look at young people we talk about young people uh, shooting each other but that's not the leading cause of death of young people it's just like even with violence with law enforcement officers the number one cause of law enforcement officers getting killed suicide. They're 15 times more likely to get killed by their own gun with their own finger than a criminal. That's depression. That's lack of happiness. That's lack of joy. So spirit, when you don't have Jesus in your life, you can get depressed really, really easy. So happiness is or spirit having God in your life. And my daddy gave us three principles with business. God first, Family second, business third. God first, family second, business third. Now, oftentimes, the modern world has got that totally reversed. It's money first, then the children, maybe the husband or the wife if there's any time left, or maybe. So we got this stuff totally backwards in our lives. And sometimes God is not even on the radar. So my father drilled into us. God first, family second, business third. And my daddy had six sons. And out of those six sons, there are no divorces. Amen. Now, you know, as I'm a member of a CEO business group in Atlanta and Virtually every member there, they're president of large, multi-million dollar companies. Ninety-five percent of them are not black. And about 80 percent of all of the men in the group, they're working on their second, third, fourth marriage. Got business up to $100 million, $200 million, but they can't stay together with Mrs. So-and-so. God first, family second, business third. So if you keep those things in order, it makes a huge difference. And just the balance of what you have on your shirt. Happiness. Spirit is number one. Your relationship with God, having Jesus in your heart, it's number one. And then there is relationship, which is love. I never will forget one of my favorite movies was Ladies Sing the Blues. It's an old movie with uh Billy D. Williams and Donna Ross. And Dinah Ross had had all this success as Billy Holiday. And she was over in London and she just her name all up in lights. And she had all this success. And, and she had broken up with Billy D. And I never will forget Billy D. coming to her hotel room and knocking on her door. And she didn't want to answer the door because they'd broken up. And he was knocking on her. And he made this statement. He said, success. Is nothing without someone you love to share it with. Yay! So relationship becomes a critical thing. And when you look at the billionaires today, the ones who we know, probably Elon Musk. He's the second richest man in the world right now. Bernard Armand just passed him briefly. But but when you look at all of the billionaires, they all have relationship busted up. Elon Brilliant man. I admire him tremendously as a businessman. But he can't stay together with Mrs. Musk. And then some of his children want to even take away and change their name away from Musk because they don't like their daddy. Love, a relationship becomes critical. I was in the music business for a long time and I had a song called. What good is a million dollars? Because it gets mighty cold holding gold. And when you don't have someone you love to share it with, all of the success, all of the money, all of the accolades, it becomes kind of hollow. But we don't focus on that anymore. We just focus on trying to make the money. So relationships and spending time with your family and developing your children. One of the things that I see even among our big CEO group is that when they've got all this success, but they don't have anybody to carry it on. So it dies with them because they have not put in the time and the energy and the effort to develop their children. So the business dies with them. I'm so glad to see so many young people here and to hear about a whole month where just young people are just carrying on the service. And, and yesterday, actually, our youngest son, who is Reverend George Bronner, he's 17 years old. He preached at my church last night. And when he got through preaching, I had to say, wow, this boy is better than I am at 17. But it's something. When you pour into your children, when you pour into your family, don't let the world blind you to what truly is important and what truly is valuable. Because you can end up old and alone and with a big bank account and no one to leave it to. So don't get into that condition. And then there is strength. My dad had another statement. He said people will spend and give all of their health to get money and then they have to spend all of their money trying to get their health back. Don't let business have you in the hospital sick and dead early. One of the things about why and I really, really, really enjoy life. As a matter of fact, one of the things I want to talk to you about is your brand. But the jacket that I have on is coach B The shirt that I have on underneath this says it says until the last 10 seconds, I will live fully and vibrantly until the last 10. Yes. <laughs> this actually came from a prophetess who spoke a word over me. She said, I see you living a long, long, long time. And she said, you're going to live it fully and vibrantly until the last 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I kind of embodied that and I believe that. But you cannot fully enjoy stuff sick. You need to have some energy. If you married as a man, I don't hope it's too many young. You can't satisfy your wife without some energy. Now, we make a product that Shy alluded to. It's called male drive, which is for men to help strengthen their virility. But it's just so much Mail drive can do.
1: <laughs>
0: now, I'm going to tell you right now, see, if you down here on the floor and you have to walk up on this pulpit and you have to say like, And you. <laughs> it's just so much mail drive can do. And you need energy and you need vitality just to be able to enjoy life. Amen. Two years ago, my oldest son and I, we walked the El Camino in Spain. It's a 500-mile walk, and we were able to walk it with joy and with vitality, and it just makes a difference. When you can take a deep breath and nothing is hurting, when you can get up from the seat and you don't have to say, ah. I understand it when you're getting a certain age up until your 90s and 100s. But it's so many people now at 30, at 40, at 50, at 60, at 70, and they're just shot. You ought to be able to, first of all, be a walking example of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why are you going to build a fancy church and you got God's temple dilapidated. You ought to be able to stand up here and you ought to be able to do push-ups. You ought to be able to do squats without anything creaking. You ought to be able to jump and you ought to be able to just... It makes a difference when you have vitality, not just money. And I am 67 years old. But I got a lot to look forward to. I feel phenomenal. And I just enjoy life because there's an energy and there's a health and there's an exuberance that money cannot buy. I never will forget. You all remember the the sitcom called Dallas. Yes. Some of the older people will remember that it was one of the number one show for years. And I remember once a man came into the ranch and there was Miss Ellie and he told Miss Ellie, he said, Miss Ellie, you looking like a million dollars. And Miss Ellie said, I'm looking that cheap. Your body is your first billionaire enterprise. You cannot replace it. And see, things are valued based on what you would pay for them. How much would you give or accept just for your left eye? Nobody could give me $10 million just for my left eye. My heart is worth There's no price that's on it. My mind, there's no price that's on it. So you have a billion dollar asset. Then why do you treat a billion dollar asset like it's worth a quarter? Some of you have real fine cars and you will not put cheap gas in your real fine car, but you'll go and stuff all kind of greasy, fried, sweet, all kind of stuff into your billion dollar asset that you cannot replace. So we need to take care of our bodies so that we can enjoy the fruits of our labors far and to our future. And the fourth thing that you have on your shirt is money. Money is the one thing you don't have to explain to folk. Everybody wants money. I preached a sermon years ago called the roughest verse in the Bible and I still believe it's the roughest verse in the Bible where Jesus says you hate God and if you love God you're going to hate money because I don't know anybody that hates money. I was, That's the roughest verse in the Bible. <laughs> so 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 we don't have to really explain to people about wanting money, but I do want to talk to you about your brand, because oftentimes as people of color, we don't have the money that we should have. The number one millionaire or billionaire right now, he's worth $186 billion as of today, And that's Bernard Armand. He's a fellow who owns the conglomerate. They own Christian Dior and Hennessy and Marc Jacobs, a whole lot of these luxury brands. And he shot to number one during the pandemic. He shot to number one during the pandemic because the government issued all these folk, these big stimulus checks. And if you went out to the mall, the luxury mall, and I travel a whole lot. In every luxury mall that I went to, and where they'd have a Christian Dior store or a Gucci store or Versace store, the line would be out of the door. And 90% of the folk in the line were people of color. So it shot this man up to the richest man in the world off of our stimulus checks. People, let me tell you something. If you need a stimulus check to go in the Gucci store, you have no business in the Gucci store. That's just the raw truth. If you need a stimulus check to go into the Gucci store, you have no business in the Gucci store. You have no business with Versace. You have no business with Christian Dior. If you gotta have a stimulus check to go buy a pocketbook that costs $1,000 with nothing in it. And this is why we are often in this shape as people of color, because we value another brand greater than our own. One of the reasons I wanted to wear the jacket that has CoachB.TV and this shirt on it is because my daddy trained me in that. He said, Look, you be your own brand. Don't advertise another person's product. You put your own stuff out there. So you're never going to see me with a pair of jeans with a fancy uh, logo in the No, no, no. You- you're never going to see me with a fancy pair of shoes and advertise. No, I'm going to advertise my own stuff. And even if you look at my car that I drove this morning, I have a little two-seated Miata,
1: and it has on it all
0: over the car, Do42.com. Now, Do42 is a 42-day free mind, body, and spirit program. But everywhere I drive that car, I advertise. But I advertise my brand. Everybody here who is in business, you ought to have some shirts you need to have a sign on, you need to have your car wrapped. So do you know how much companies will pay you to wrap your car with their business? They pay up to four to 500 dollars a month. Do you know how many people you drive by every single day? But instead, we want to advertise Mercedes or Elon Musk he was the richest man. He's number two, never Tesla. So we want to advertise everybody. Put your own brand on your own body, on your own car and advertise your own stuff. And that is the difference between those who have and those who have not. And that will always be. It's a spiritual principle. Jesus says to them who have, it shall be added unto. And to them who have not, even that which they have will be taken away from them. So it's the old rich get richer and the poor get poor. And I tell people, look, stop arguing about the law because you can't change it. That's a spiritual and a natural law. I majored even in chemistry. It's McConaughey's law. Well, what's McConaughey's law? law has to do with hydrogen migration in a molecule. And basically said it says a molecule that has a lot of hydrogen molecules get more. The rich get richer. That's why Bernard is the richest man in the world, because the folk got the stimulus check when they gave it to him. And the rich got richer and the poor get poorer. You cannot change that law. Don't fuss about it. And don't talk about the system. Don't waste your breath because you're not going to change the system. This is not a U.S. system. This is an ancient system that was there in Jesus' day. And Jesus wasn't talking about money. He was talking about everything. When I was in school, do you know a man who had a girlfriend could get another one? Matter of fact, a man who had three girlfriends could get a fourth one. The man who had none, to them who had. It shall be added unto, and to them who have not, even that which they have will be taken away from them. So don't argue about the law. The same thing is true with knowledge. You will find that people who study, who have education, who know a lot, who are constantly learning, they're getting more education. Those who don't know, sitting up watching Netflix. (laughs) To them who have. It shall be added unto it to them who have not even that which you have will be taken away. So don't argue with the principle. Don't waste your breath arguing with the law. Change sides. Move from the have not to the have side. In every area of life, all of those four areas, those who have health get more health. Those who have health go to the gym several times a week. They're out running. They're doing calisthenics. They're eating right. Those who don't have health, laying on the couch watching Netflix. <laughs> to them who have, it shall be added unto you. So just those four areas of what you have on your shirt, embody that, balance that stuff out. And make sure that you focus on every single one of those areas in life so that you are not out of Balance. Now I need to watch my time. I asked Celeste. I said, "How long do you want me to speak?" I've never heard this before. She said, "I want you to speak a minimum of thirty minutes." You never tell a preacher about minimum. You always need to give a preacher a maximum amount of time. Or ever tell a preacher you got to speak a minimum of thirty minutes. You need to tell me, then speak a maximum. Speak between thirty and forty minutes. But I'm very respectful and understanding of your time, and that's why I generally ask. How long do you want me to speak? And when I'm in another man's house, I'm obedient to the rules of that house. So if she'd have told me 30 minutes, it would be 30 minutes on the nose. So I'm trying to make sure I do what she says and speak at least 30 minutes. And the other thing I want to talk to you about is your company mission statement. It's important for you to have. A mission statement. Often we just go in business and we have no true guidelines. I went in prayer and I asked God, I said, Lord, you tell me what do you want me to do? And God gave me eight guidelines. I had those guidelines printed out, put on a large poster. They're in the conference room where we have our weekly meeting. And everyone has the authority. I tell every person in the company, if you ever see a violation. Of any of these eight, I want you to call this out. You let me know right up front, Mr. Bronner, that's not part of our mission statement. And you can go to thewoman.com if you click on contact us, the about us, it'll have these eight things. And I want to just quickly go over these eight. And for those of you who are in business or going in business, you need to have a written mission statement. And this mission statement is like a constitution, a set of laws that will help guide you, not just into prosperity, but right living and the right direction for your company. Number one, God told me this. He says, always remain financially viable. Now, a lot of times we talk about, you know, God led me to do this and God led me to do that. I have a lot of people who come to me and. Ask me for business advice on concepts or products. I have yet to have anybody come to me who didn't say God told them. God gave me this idea. And maybe he did. I don't know. But just because they said God gave it does not mean it's a good idea at all. At all. So the first thing God told me, everything must be always remain financially viable. Which means if you're not doing something in business that makes money, you won't be in business that long. If it's not making money, it's not a business. It's a hobby. And you'll be surprised how many people have never sat down. Jesus said, what man builds a house without first counting the cost? A whole lot of folk. A whole lot of folk go into business without counting the cost. They don't sit down and figure I got this expense, this expense, this expense, this no, they just I think it's a good idea, I'm gonna just do this thing. And as a result, because they have not become financially viable, they don't stay and they don't prosper in this. The second thing God spoke is use no deception. And sometimes in a meeting we're working on and somebody will raise their hand and say, Mr. Brown, said that's not exactly one hundred percent true. And I think about it, I said, You're absolutely right. That is fudged a little bit. God told us use no deception. Everything we say, everything we do must be honest and it must be truthful. You can sometimes get sales and you can get temporary success lying. Liars get temporary success, but it doesn't just come back to bite them. It often comes back to totally devour them. So be honest in your dealings. You need to have a reputation where people don't need a contract with you. They can say, if such and such says it, it's absolutely true, I can depend on their word. And I always get contracts. The reason you get contracts is because memories get shaky. It's not that the people are dishonest, you just don't remember exactly what you said or what they said. So you need it written down so you have it clear what everybody says. Because you'd be surprised what them five years later. Have you ever walked into a room and got in the room and said, where did I come in here for? You ever done that? <laughs> so how do you expect to remember the details of a business deal five years later and sometimes you forget what you walked in the room for? Write that stuff down. Amen. But you ought to at least have it where your character is so good that no one ever questions Your word. Number three, all products and actions must be beneficial. And I've got this rule that I follow: I don't make any product that I would not give my family. Amen. And as Shai mentioned about the product that we have mail drive, one of the reasons that we have for married men only: I have four sons, all of them are still single, and I don't want my sons using it because they're not married. And we have gone into stores and we've had store managers tell us, why you got this for married men on this product? No other product in my store has that on there. You have to be unique and to walk and to follow Christ, you will walk alone in many cases. But there's a blessing that comes with doing the right thing. So you don't give anybody anything or do anything for or to anybody you wouldn't want done for yourself or your family. So everything we do must be beneficial. Number four, we shall strive to have excellent customer service. Yes. We shall strive to treat each customer relationship as we wish to be treated. Now, you can't keep all customers. That is another one of the rules of business. I've had some cases where it's just that we're just not going to do any more business. Some customers are just not worth it. They really aren't. They'll take up all of your time and give you very little money back, if any, in return. So you got to cut some relationships out of your world, even business relationships. But we strive to have excellent customer relations. And if we do have to cut a customer off, we have given them every leeway that we possibly can. It's just gone far enough. And sometimes you just have to say, that's it. (laughs) He's got to (laughs) go. Number five, we shall strive to be the best. In products and service, no company shall offer a better product value. One of the things that we have done is we don't create what's called Me Too products. Every product that we make at thewoman.com is unique and it fills a niche that no other product fills. So we make sure that we've got the best product with the best value. And what has happened when that happens, you don't get hurt by what's called commodity pricing. A commodity is something that everybody else makes. And everybody else makes it just like you make it. So, therefore, people simply buy it on price. But if you, the only somebody who's got something like that, no matter what the price is, they got to buy it from you or they just can't get it. So, this is the way we operate, but it is the way that God has told us to operate. We shall strive to be the best. Number six. We shall strive to have the best environment. Just as I won't make a product that I won't give to my family, I try to have a company environment where it feels like a good family. I start to feel like a family, but all families are not good. Some folk don't want to go home. So. We strive to make the company environment. When they walk in, we have the largest wooden eagles that I'm aware of in the world. In the middle of a fountain, there's a statue of Jesus. The Bible plays 24-7 at this fountain. So when people walk in, there's a field and it's got about 500 koi fish in the fountain. People, when they walk in, they feel different just walking in. So everything at the company, we strive. I take people on a trip every single year. This year, we're going to Hawaii. And I let the employees pick where they want to go. This year, we're going to Hawaii. Next year, we're going to Japan, then Dubai. And I've got it all figured out all the way up to 2030. And some people say, you know, I was going to retire, but I got to keep working until I get on that 2030 trip. (laughs) So... You make the environment so rich and so pleasant and it will reduce your company turnover. We virtually have no one who leaves the company. So it will reduce your company turnover when you make the environment right. But to make that environment right is the same way with customers. Some people you have to get off the ship. And anyone who's on the ship that poisons the environment you have to get them off your ship or else they'll be like a Jonah and they'll sink your whole boat. Number seven, we shall improve. If you don't constantly improve, and this is personal as well as corporate. If you don't constantly improve, you will go down. Nothing stays the same in the material plane. And I don't think it stays the same even in the spiritual world. If you don't improve, you will go down. So. What are you doing in your business? What are you doing in your personal life to make you better? And you ought to have something each and every day. I instituted a program this year and I told the people we're going to either grow or go. You either going to grow or you going to go. And we started a program where they have to read a book. Every single month. So we have a designated book that they have to read and they have to turn in a book report. (laughs) I know you're saying, Pastor, I just sound like school. It is school. But I pay them per hour to to either read or listen to the audio book. And then the person who turns in the best book report, they will get 10 times the hourly amount. The person who doesn't turn it has to pay 10 times the hourly amount. So, so far, no one has missed the book report. And that's why I said, Look, I'm going to tell you up front. You're going to either grow in this company or you're going to go. Because I don't want folk in the company who are not interested in growing because it holds everybody back. And I'm providing the books in audio books. You can make your book report in audio. You can do it in video. Every phone has an audio recorder. Every phone has a video recorder. So if you can't read, you can listen. If you can't write, you're speaking. There's no excuse. You will grow or go. We shall improve. And the final one. As we are blessed, we shall bless others. So as the company grows, as the company develops, as our income increases, we bless others through varying programs and varying things. We make sure that we are not just blessed, but that we are a blessing and it changes your mentality. One of the things God has me doing personally, I have to help someone every day, every day. So I have to make sure some way, in some form or fashion I help someone every single day, except for my rest day. Now, I got to admit, God told me, look, on your rest day, you don't have to follow any of these commands. You you can just totally rest. But six days a week, I have to help someone every single day. Business is phenomenal. But business is tough. Let no one fool you about that. Business is a challenge. The vast majority of people who go in business don't make it. You cannot be C quality and survive in business. You can't even be B quality. You need to be A. You need to develop your brand. You need to promote your brand, and you need to have the endurance to stay in it till the end. It took me seven years before I got my first check from my company. Mm. Took seven years. And most people would give up. And to be honest, when I opened the company and when I started my business, I planned on getting rich the first year. Matter of fact, I planned on getting rich the first month. It didn't work that way. I had to hang in there, keep trying and changing and adjusting. Perseverance is an absolute necessity in business. If you are a person who gets discouraged or gives up easy, You don't need to be in business because business is a challenge. But with life in general, the things that you have on your shirt, number one, your spirit. Make sure that you are attached to the source of all. Keep him first in your life. Value and nourish your relationships. Take care of your temple. Take care of your body. And when you do all of those things, your money is blessed and it flows. And God will pour out blessings out of the windows of heaven that you have not room enough to receive. God bless you.
1: Absolutely. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord. So we're switching the service around a little bit, and Pastor Browner has agreed. But we'll let the youth go first. If you have questions, I'm going to grab a mic. Those in the entrepreneurship program, have your questions ready, please. I'll grab the mic. Just
0: mic. I did tell Celeste I needed to leave by 12:30, but I'm going to, and I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going to my trainer. I work out every Saturday at 1 p.m. And I don't miss it because I put that as a priority. So three days a week I work out with a trainer, Monday, Thursday and Saturday at one o'clock. And I will leave work and go work out because it's a priority because if I'm sick, nothing works right. So I just told him I'm going to be a little delayed, but I will not miss my workout. So any of you that have questions that I can answer, I will do my absolute best.
1: Rochelle, question. When, because I've heard a lot about this, when should we scale? You know a lot about our business. When should we actually scale our business? Like, you know, you hear some people say, you a million, or
0: you need to get to? Well, first of all, scaling simply means growing. Scaling means basically you take a business from where it is and you multiply it or increase it. That's the practical, just plain definition of what scaling means. Scaling means to increase your business, and as a general principle, You're always trying to increase your business. Now, scaling in the sort of the business sense means when can I start multiplying it? For example, if I have one location, when can I open two or three or four? Usually the first thing you need to do is to get what you're doing profitable. That's number one. So you need to be at a point where you can say every month I am bringing in more money than I am spending out. And if I double this, then I will bring in double the money that I'm spending out. Actually, you normally will bring in more than that simply because you have what's called fixed expenses. So fixed expenses often don't change until you move to an entirely different level. For example, if you have a receptionist, well, if you double your business, you don't generally need two receptionists. Matter of fact, you can triple or quadruple your business before you need to get another receptionist. So often fixed expenses remain the same and you can increase as long as the increase is profitable. So there is a book called Scale Up that I strongly recommend you read by Vern Hamish. And it talks about the mechanics of scaling up. But yeah, basically, you have to get what you're doing where you are profitable And generally, business growth automatically comes with that. Unless you are doing modular type expansion where you're talking location, you can often, for example, our products. Our next big scale is we're focusing on getting distribution in Walmart. So that becomes another huge level. We're focusing on getting distribution internationally. So right now we've got three major focuses that will drastically change business volume to another level. And each one of those is a different multiple and a different scale. But it doesn't do any good to get in Walmart if I'm not selling well in the store in the corner. So the first challenge that most businesses have is getting profitable where they are. And then you can take that same formula and multiply. That's why franchises do so well. They've got one location working, and they can multiply that franchise a thousand times, and it works. But if the one doesn't work, the one thousandth won't work. Now, sometimes you have what's called economies of scale, and that's a little bit different where you've got to have a certain amount of volume before it becomes profitable. But Most startup businesses, they don't deal particularly with economies of scale. That's usually a different kind of Manufacturing type, where economies of scale make a difference before you can scale. So I hope that.
1: No, that answers the question because
0: we have
1: a few. Yes. Hi, Mr. Hi. my first time meeting you. It's been a pleasure. Everything you talk about, it sounds like discipline. At what point in your life, where discipline played a big role? Like, I'm a motivational speaker. So I go and I speak to young people I have a mentorship and I speak to them but at some point I feel like I'm stuck in this one space and so how did you handle dis- discipline? I know it's discipline for me I have to discipline myself <laughs> also what kind of advice can you give to help with discipline and if you ever had a challenge in your journey discipline.
0: that's an excellent question First of all, it's Jesus and the 12 what? What is the root word of disciple? Discipline. discipline. So even with Jesus, it required an extreme amount of discipline. And discipline, that root of that word still is it's a Latin root, decidere, which basically means to cut off. It's the same root discipline, decision, decide. When you are disciplined, you have to cut off something else. For example, if you take any one of those four areas, money is the first one that's on the shirt. In order for you to be disciplined with money, you can't buy everything. You have to say, I got to cut something off. We used to have when we were we no longer on television. I stopped that about Back in August, as a matter of fact, I came off of all television and we would have people call the church for financial assistance. And we would tell them, uh, you need to get a budget because we're only on cable. Cable is sixty dollars a month. So you're spending sixty dollars a month or seven hundred and twenty dollars a year to watch TV. And you're calling us for money, and you're spending seven hundred and twenty dollars a year to watch TV. you got to cut some stuff off. so discipline, its basic root is cut off. If you want to get your body in shape, you have to get up and you have to cut off laying around. So discipline requires cutting off usually the easy, pleasant things and going after the things that are Rewarding, but they're not easy. And you ask, you know, what, that's my major issue right now. My major problem, and God has had a major wrangle with me, getting me to the point where I need to be. And to be honest, I had a lot of issues with God. with that. And I said, Lord, why are you demanding I'm at this level? One of the things, just even with just the physical that you can see. I'm on a program now where I can do 25 military-style pull-ups. It's real, real, that's real hard to do. I can do 12. Navy SEAL competitive is 11. <laughs> so I'm saying, Lord, you got me doing double what a Navy SEAL can do. And I just had issues with that. Lord, why do you want to take me to this level? And I didn't understand it until I was discussing Jesus with someone. And then I realized Jesus was extreme. He wasn't in the middle. He said, if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. He was extreme. Heaven and hell is extreme. There is no middle. So I understood it as I began to see the life of Jesus. Jesus was an extremist. Yes, it's Jesus and the 12 disciples, but it was Jesus and the 70 disciples. The others left. Because it was too hard. So if you want the things that are really up here, it's never going to be easy. And you're going to have to be one of those few who says, I'm going to take it. I'm going to climb. I'm not going to follow the crowd. I don't want anything the crowd has. Nothing. So you guys, I don't want to look like other folk." I don't want to sound like other folk. I don't want my bank account like other folk. I don't want my marriage like other folk. I don't want anything like the average. So if you don't want to be like the average, you have to cut stuff off the average folk do. It's as simple as that. So discipline for me is a constant struggle. I have a big problem with sweets. Oh, I love sweets. Oh, my Lord. Lord have mercy. I know none of y'all can relate to this, but I have a huge problem with sweets. So I have to struggle where I just don't, because I can't even control it. If I buy a box of chocolate chips, it says serving size one. <laughs> so I know I just can't buy the box. I can't buy the box. I have to cut it off. So discipline is cutting off things that you know is not good for you. And going to things that are at this level that will take you out of the crowd and away from the crowd, it'll put you with Jesus because it's just not easy. That's why he says wide is the path that leadeth unto destruction and many thereof shall enter, but narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And this part most people miss. It didn't say there would be a few that go down the path. No, it's just a few that find it. That means everyone who finds it doesn't have the discipline to walk it. So it's going to be just a few who find it. So discipline is a constant. To be honest, I relate a lot more to Paul than Jesus. That's just the truth. Paul told the stuff I shouldn't be doing, that's the very thing I'm doing, and all the stuff I ought to be doing. Yeah, I can relate to that. So I have a constant day-by-day issue with discipline myself in every single area of life because I don't want the average. If I wanted the average, I'd be fine. But that's not where I want to be. And that's not where God has called me to be. Thank you. Last
1: question.
0: Just to respect. Last question? Anybody have a question? We can go back here if you you want. Sir, how do you balance being a pastor and all the responsibilities that come with that? And being a successful entrepreneur. How do I balance being a pastor? And a successful entrepreneur. To be honest, it's easier being a successful entrepreneur than an unsuccessful one. (laughs) To be honest about it, that unsuccessful is a real headache. The balancing of that is basically, I don't think it is much different than anyone else in life. Most of the women here, most of you have worked most of your lives outside of the house and you run a family. I got to admit, I'm not sure that being a pastor and a businessman is any tougher than going to work all day and then coming back and seeing about two, three, four kids and then a husband. I'm not sure it's any rougher than that. So So one of the keys I'm going to give you as a business person, I'm going to give you a real simple key that may sound silly and stupid. But it really does work. And this came from a book I read years ago called Success Forces. And in the book, the author outlined five forces of success. He went around and interviewed a whole lot of successful CEOs of companies. And he got five principles. The one that impacted me and stuck the most was what's called the clean desk force. It sounds crazy. I know it's going to sound real, real stupid. And I've taken perhaps four or five efficiency courses where they teach you how to organize, how to make your day efficient, how to get stuff done, how to do... All that stuff boiled down to one simple thing, keeping a clean desk. And what the author of the book says, he said every president that he interviewed, when he went into their office, the desk was so clean, he was wondering, were they doing any work? Because the desk was just, there was nothing on it. So he said, how do you feel working and there's nothing on the desk? When I start adopting that principle, I can tell you the extremes between a cluttered desk and a clean desk. When my desk is cluttered, it look like I'm just, I always got this stuff to do. I'm trying to catch up. It's just stuff coming from everywhere. When I keep my desk where there's nothing on it, Sometimes I get to almost the day is three, four, and I'm sitting. I have, they nothing to do. I have gotten. Every, there's something about the organization of a clean desk that multiplies efficiency. Like I said, it may sound crazy, but it works. Keep your desk clean. So I make it a principle now. The last thing I'll do when I leave the office, I clean all. I make sure my desk is totally clean. When I walk in the next day. There's an energy of freshness and clarity, almost like a breath of fresh air. If you walk into it, all this paper and stuff, it just somebody, you just get depressed just looking at it, walking in. So that's one of It's simple. It may sound stupid. It may sound highly elementary, but it works. The clean desk force allows you to virtually triple your output of what you get done and what you get done successfully. Keep your desk spotlessly clean.
1: Thank you. And, uh, and because, like, the reason why we did that is because when we met with Pastor Preston downstairs. the young people said we want to be able to talk and engage. Like we do when we're downstairs, we know we're upstairs, but we want to be able to engage with our speakers. So we have something for you. Can you bring that? Can and all those in the entrepreneurship program come very quickly? Very good, you. <laughs> and then, the one, the one thing, thing I've, I've never told the entrepreneurs, this is who so inspired so the program so that I created for you guys. You're yeah. ready know it. <laughs> and I was to trying to draw a lot of money, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, come up. Mm-hmm. And can somebody take a quick picture? We're getting ready to close it. They want the websites. Again, someone back there asked to. The website's like Do42.
0: do42.com. do The Thewoman.com. Mm-hmm. Thewoman.com.
1: Okay, so what we have here, we have some of our entrepreneurs that have products we have a oh my gosh, she gave you a whole jar, <laughs> and it has no sugar. It's herbs with sea moss. It's wonderful. Of course, you have some shyla Chef drinks. You have your own shirt. God is my endless okay, supply. excellent. And we have some vegan desserts, some non-vegan desserts. You'll have to share. We have coasters. We have a book that's been blessing my soul from Lisa Moore, Healing for Every Season. And these are crumbly bites. <laughs> those are vegan too and you okay. have, we'll help you you don't have to carry all this out but yeah so they have some great products and we wanted to share with you and the last thing we have for you I was going to seal the deal but I want you to give me the location so we are honoring you with a float therapy I love float therapy Okay, if you haven't done it
0: I have not. Oh, I'm so glad that you get to do it with us.
1: Well, you'll be by yourself, but nonetheless. But we thank you so much. It's been an honor. For accepting our invitation and blessing. And as a result of him pouring into us, I've been able to pour into you guys the wisdom and knowledge of success. Let's smile. take a picture smile, okay. guys. Very good. Thank you so very much. much. Give the Lord another hand. You are listening to BrothersOftheword.com. This was the message titled Be Your Brand and Other Business Keys by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5986. That's 5986. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5986 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com.
0: If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com.
1: Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the the Word.